Blog Talk Radio. I know this looks like a lot, but these are my AP Gov notes. They haven't already had a moment of silence in the House of Representatives, so I would like to have another one. Thank you. Every single person up here today, all these people should be at home grieving. But instead, we are up here, standing together, because if all our government and president can do is send thoughts and prayers, then it's time for victims to be the change that we need to see. amendment to the Constitution, our guns have developed at a rate that leaves me dizzy. The guns have changed and the laws have not. We certainly do not understand why it should be harder to make plans with friends on weekends than it is to buy an automatic or semi-automatic weapon. In Florida, in Florida, to buy a gun you do not need a permit, you do not need a gun license, and once you buy it you do not need to register it. You do not need a permit to carry a concealed rifle or shotgun. You can buy as many guns as you want at one time. I read something very powerful to me today. It was from the point of view of a teacher. And I quote, when adults tell me I have the right to own a gun, all I can hear is my right to own a gun outweighs your student's right to live. All I can hear is mine, 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 mine. about our AP Gov Chapter 16 test, we have to be studying our notes to make sure that our arguments based on politics and political history are watertight. The students of this school have been having debates on guns for what feels like our entire lives. AP Gov had about three debates this year. Some discussions on the subject even occurred during the shooting while students were hiding in the closet. The people involved right now, those who were there, those posting, those tweeting, those doing interviews and talking to people, are being listened to for what feels like the very first time about this topic that has come up over 1,000 times in the past four years alone. I found out today that there's a website called shootingtracker.com. Nothing in the title suggests that it is exclusively tracking, tracking the USA's shootings, and yet, does it need to address that? because Australia had one mass shooting in 1999 in Port Arthur Massacre, introduced gun safety, and they haven't had one since. Japan. Japan has never had a mass shooting. And yet here we are with websites dedicated to recording these tragedies so that they can be formulated into statistics at your convenience. I watched an interview this morning and noticed that one of the questions was, do you think your children will have to go through other shoot school shooter drills? And our response is that our neighbors will not have to go through other school shooter drills when we have had our say with the government and maybe the adults have gotten used to saying it is what it is, but it's 
us students have learned anything, it's that if you don't study, you will fail. And in this case, if you actively do nothing, people continually end up dead. So it's time to start doing something. going to be another statistic about mass shootings in America, but because, just as David said, we are going to be the last mass shooting. Florida overturned that. 
why in the world would you overturn that law? But they did it in Florida because these people believe the Second Amendment says you have a right to have, you know, 3,000 assault rifles if you want them to go deer hunting. That's bullshit. And the Second Amendment does not say that. So these poor kids, they're going to need counseling. The teachers are going to need counseling. And uh, we're going to sit back and and wait, and time will elapse. And you know, you know in your heart of hearts, this is going to happen again. It's just a matter of time. Yes. We have more guns in this country than any other country in the world. And there are a lot of issues that go into something like this. I agree with that. But the availability of guns in the United States is beyond insane, especially these assault rifles, because these are not used for sport. These are not used to go deer hunting or rabbit hunting. These are only used to kill humans. That's what assault rifles are used for. And, you know, your listeners are listening. That you, you hear semi-automatic and automatic. Okay, in the military, there's an M16 rifle, and that's an automatic rifle, which means once you put the clip in loaded with bullets, say there's 20 bullets in the clip, and you depress your finger on the trigger, you just have to hold the trigger down, and the gun will fire out 20 shots. Semi-automatic, which is what was used here, you need to click each time to get a shot off. So each time you have to pull. But you can imagine how fast you can pull your trigger finger, and that's how many shots you can get off. And the bump stock issue that came about after the Vegas massacre, that is a plastic device that goes on the back of a semi-automatic rifle. And when it's placed in the back and pressure is exerted, it turns that semi-automatic rifle into an automatic rifle. So again, one depression with your index finger, and it can shoot 30, 40 bullet round. Diane Feinstein, after the Vegas massacre, brought a bill to Congress, to the Senate, to ban bump stocks. Do you know that they right. haven't even addressed it? They haven't discussed it. It was brought up in October, and nothing's been done. They, This Congress is so inept and so pathetic that they won't do anything because they fear the NRA, and they won't do anything. And this Rubio gets about $3.8 million every year from the NRA, and they just won't do anything about it. And that bullshit press conference the other day, not I say a press conference, but that, that staged bullshit that Trump did yesterday like he did when you were talking about DACA and I love you and I'll sign anything you bring to me. And then they bring him two things and he won't sign them. He, he's, gonna, he's not going to agree to any – go process. Take the guns away. This is what they said Obama was going to do, the Republicans. Obama's going to take your guns away. You know, But in actuality – that's what Trump wants to do. At least that's what he said yesterday. But when cooler heads prevail and someone speaks into the ignorant cerebrum of this animal who is president of the United States, they will 
educate him <laughs> that he can't do this because this goes against what the NRA wants, which was probably his, his biggest supporter. So he'll turn that around. You'll see nothing will be done about this. These poor kids are going to scream and cry and do everything they can to try to change um, the laws, and it's just not going to work. Nothing's going to happen because this Congress will do nothing. This Senate will do nothing. The House of Representatives will do nothing. They're going to set up an impeachment on on Trump. They will not vote for impeachment because they are so partisan. It is really an absolute disgusting disgrace, the mess that this government is in right now. And we, the citizens, have to endure because it's just horrific. And, and in Florida, which we'll, we'll cycle back to Florida you just can't even imagine what these students are going through. Their friends are dead. They're back in school today. And, uh, you know, Sonny Bono, and the beat goes on, and it goes on, and, and you have to try to survive. And these kids are scarred for life. And there were 18 complaints made to the local police department that this kid was off the wall and making crazy statements. Yes. And there, there was a credible uh, complaint made to the FBI, which was ignored. I mean, <laughs> What what can you do? You know, and when, when, when these mental health issues, these these people that shoot, they're just crazed. And and what can you do to prevent this? If if eighteen complaints come in on someone and nothing gets done, what are we going to do? How how are you going to ever try to stop this? But the solution, one of the solutions, Jordan, is not to arm the teachers. That could be yeah, one of the most moronic stupid suggestions ever made because I just have to tell you if you've never shot a handgun in your life you know you you, you should go to a range under circumstances in a range and have guidance by an instructor and just shoot it and see what it feels like because in order to get a concealed carry permit you have to go to a range and you have to shoot between 7 feet 14 feet and 21 feet and you have to hit the target on each of those three distances, you would be surprised right. that you cannot hit a short-term target with a handgun. If you don't grip it with two hands and you don't line it up properly, and even then, you know, the feedback from the shot can throw it off. You can, you can anticipate the shot and jerk it to the left. You could – these teachers and, – and that's in a controlled environment in a shooting range. Now – Increase the heart rate, okay? Increase that. Mm -hmm. And where is the gun? Is it locked in a safe? Now I got to run to the safe. Now I got to know the combination. Now I got to open the safe. The kids are going crazy. Now I grab my handgun. Now I'm going to go into the hallway of a school where someone's ripping off shots. Boom, 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 boom. And there's a high powered assault rifle. And I'm going to come with my little handgun and come out into that hallway. So what's going to happen is this. Number one, that teacher is going to get shot. That's number one, by the shooter. Number two, if that teacher gets off some rounds, she's, she or he are probably going to kill students. And number three, right. when that teacher is out there in the hallway and law enforcement come in and see her waving a handgun, they're going to shoot her. So there's nothing good that can happen with giving teachers guns. It's just not going to work. It's a stupid idea. But fortunately, Trump said if he had been outside and he didn't have a weapon, he would still run into the building where the active shooting was taking place. He would do that. 
to protect the students. So the orange orangutan would go in even though he had about eight deferments from Vietnam when he was going to a military high school because he had shin splints or bone spurs or some bullshit was made up for rich kids to get out of that war where normal everyday kids had to go put their life on the line in those jungles with the napalm and everything, and he got to stay home because his daddy took care of him. This guy would run in without a weapon. It's just, it, I can't. I just, it's the level of vomit flow is just disgusting what's going on here. And, you know, he's the lead. This is why we're in such a state of disgrace right now. And, and you watch as the White House crumbles. Each day it crumbles, and the foundation gets weaker and weaker. But these poor students, I don't know what to say. If you're not a religious person or you are a religious person, I think everybody has to say a prayer for them for strength and guidance and the ability to go on with life. And, uh it's just such a tragic situation that it's just it's just gut wrenching. It really is, and I don't know what the answers are, but it's there's got to be some answers here, and it's just we cannot experience this over and over again. We just can't. I mean, Las Vegas was insane to imagine this could take place there, and now look what happens in this in this school. It's just out of control. It totally is out of control, and. Uh... We definitely need to find some answers. Let's hear um, some sound of this grieving father talking to Trump, and I'll get your reaction on the other side. We're in here because my daughter has no voice. She was murdered last week, and she was taken from us. Shot nine times on the third floor. We, as a country, failed our children. This shouldn't happen. We go to the airport, I can't get on a plane with a, a bottled water, but we leave it, some animal could walk into a school and shoot our children. It's, it's just not right, and we need to come together as a country and work on what's important, and that's protecting our children in the schools. That's the only thing that matters right now. Everyone has to come together and not think about different wars. We need to come together as a country, not different parties, and figure out how we protect the schools. It's, it's simple. It's not difficult. We protect airports. We protect concerts, stadiums, embassies, the Department of Education that I walked in today that has a security guard in the elevator. How do you think that makes me feel? In the elevator, they got a security guard. I'm, I'm very angry that this happened, because it keeps happening. 9-11 happened once, and they fixed everything. How many schools, how many children have to get shot? It stops here with this administration and me. It's, I'm not going to sleep until it's fixed. And Mr. President, we're going to fix it. Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fix it. I'm not going to rest. And look at, my boys need to live with this. I want to see everyone, you guys look at this. Me, I, I, I'm, I'm a man, but to see your children go through this. Bury their sister. So we, that's what I keep saying this, because I want it to sink in. Not forget about this. We can't forget about it. These, 
All the school shootings. It, just, it doesn't make sense. Fix it. It should have been one school shooting and we should have fixed it. And I'm pissed. Okay, Richard, what's your takeaway from uh, this grieving father? It's incomprehensible to kiss your child goodbye as they head off for school and then you get a phone call that day that your child's been slaughtered on a mass shooting at the school. I... I I don't know how I don't know how you you breathe when something like that happens. I don't know. I don't know how you breathe. This guy, I mean, I, I, it's just what and you got to put national guards surrounding the schools with metal detectors everywhere and alarms and other than that, I I don't know what you can do. I mean, this is just small armies to protect these schools because otherwise it's going to happen again. And, and this guy, you could hear it in his voice. And, and the pain for him yeah. is to watch his kids have to experience this, the ones that lived and survived. It's, it's just it's, – it's, it's horrific. And I, and I can't think of too many things in life that are worse tragedies than this. And for – it's right. un, you know, it's unnatural for a parent to bury a child in and, and, and this scenario. I, I don't know how – I, I, the fact that he's up and fighting, God bless him, because, you know, I don't know if I'd have the strength to even do that if something like that happened to one of my kids. So it's just uh, it's a, just an ultimate tragedy, and, and and I don't even know what, this, what else to say. It's just horrible. During the event, allegedly, uh, an officer wait, uh, waited outside. Uh, here's a clip of the head officer talking about the officer and then we'll get that since 2008 the Broward Sheriff's Office was involved in 23 type calls involving the killer in some way shape or form or his brother some of the calls we responded directly out and met with his mother perhaps he was on scene some of these were made via phone call in two of these cases and you have a color-coded spreadsheet after being briefed by internal affairs, I've restricted two of our deputies while we delve further into this, take statements, and make a decision whether or not they could have done more or should have done more. It's a fluid investigation. They are in restrictive duty. In the case of Scott Peterson, our school resource deputy, I want to clarify any rumors, conjecture, or stories that have been out there. Scott Peterson was absolutely on campus through this entire event. He was armed. He was in uniform. After seeing video, witness statements, and Scott Peterson's very own statement, I decided this morning to suspend Scott Peterson without pay pending an internal investigation. As is his right, Scott Peterson chose to resign because he has the necessary time with the agency and meets the requirements of retirement 
he resigned and slash retired. The investigation will continue. We're not going to disclose the video at this time, and we may never disclose the video, depending on the prosecution and the criminal case. But what I saw was a deputy arrive at the west side of Building 12, take up a position, and he never went in. Any questions? Sheriff, sure. some are saying that he hid inside the classroom, so that's not accurate. That's not accurate. He was outside the building the entire time. Yes. There's a discussion about Coral Springs went in first. Can you address that? I uh, I don't know the uh, I know people got there, deputies got there. There was a time I know Coral Springs deputies were in there acting heroically. I believe by the time the first Coral Springs police officer went in there, the killer was off premises. I know we had deputies clearly inside pulling bodies out. I don't know at this time, so as I said, a fluid investigation. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Doesn't matter who went in first. Okay, Richard. Obviously, there's some issues there with these uh, police. Uh, one got uh, suspended and ultimately retired. Uh, what do you What do you make of when you hear something like this? Well, this was a trained officer, Jordan. This guy was trained. He was right. trained in firearms. He was trained in rescue procedure. He was trained, and he froze. Absolutely. So can you imagine these teachers, if they had handguns, without the semblance of training? To well, You know, this guy, he froze. I mean, he was afraid. He heard a major rifle going off in there, and, and he didn't know. I mean, he just went blank. He froze. And so, you know, he's, he lost his job or whatever. I mean, I don't know if he could have saved any lives. Maybe he could have. Maybe when he walked in, he would have got his head blown off. I don't know what would have happened to this guy. But, uh, you know, you can't you can't pin it all on him. Right. He was not heroic. He was cowardly. He didn't go in. I guess the rule under of engagement is you, you go in, and he didn't go in. So, you know, that's why he's going to lose his pension or whatever and lose everything else. But at the end of the day, even if he had gone in, it's not going to, he wasn't going to end it. There was already a slew of dead people at that time. So I, I don't know. And there's conflicting reports that there was a, there were, there was an order to stand down or stay outside. Or I don't, I don't know what happened. We don't know what happened. I, all I know is this guy froze and this was a highly trained individual with a gun, with a weapon, and he didn't go in. So what are these if a teacher had a gun, what would they do? You know? It it's it's just it's it's not good, it's horrible, it's a disgrace and uh he's fired. And and people can they yeah. want to obsess on him. You can obsess on him if it makes you feel better to think had he gone in, he would have shot the guy again with a handgun. I'm telling you, seven feet, fourteen feet, and twenty one feet. Walk that off. It's not far. You have to be very close to be accurate with a handgun. It's not like in those wild westerns where the guy's riding away on the horse and you pull out your handgun and he's fifty yards down the road and you hit him with the with the it doesn't work that way. It just doesn't work that way. So had the guy gone in, unless he was on top of the shooter, you know, I think he would have got his head blown off. But I don't know. It's just 
it's a it's so tragic that I, you know and this 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 sheriff he's fighting for his life because they're already calling for him to resign and be thrown out and he's probably going to have to get probably get thrown out but you can't if you like I said if it makes you better feel better to obsess that had this deputy or whoever he was this this school guard I don't even know what he was was he a cop I don't even think so had had he gone and <laughs> it would have been over okay that makes me feel better and he didn't but I don't you know be realistic here be real I I don't think so so, so they should have if he would have went in or didn't go in doesn't change anything I I, I unfortunately Jordan I don't I don't think it changes anything. Had he gone in or not, I don't think it changes anything. I'm sorry to say that. You know, if you want to be her, if you want to come up with a scenario where he ran in there and he saw the shooter and he pulled out his handgun and he shot him in the head and killed him, and that prevented other shootings, okay, okay, let's go with that. That'll make everybody feel a little better. But he didn't do that, and probably that chance of that happening is probably minimal to zero. So. Anyway, it's awful, and hopefully they change some. You know, the schools they need not one armed guard. You know, they they're going to need a team to prevent something like this in the future, and metal detectors everywhere, and alarms going off if a metal detector is breached, and video everywhere. You know, that's what they need in these schools, and uh, they got to the, do it. The big issue also, obviously, is the gun laws. Where do you stand with that? The gun laws are just—they're outrageous. I, I think I think any I think all assault rifles should be banned. <laughs> what, what do we? What yeah. does a, a common citizen need with an assault rifle? So you have the first some you have Second Amendment rights. All right, go buy a handgun. Get two handguns. Now you got two handguns. Do you really need more? Okay, get three. You need more? Okay, maybe five handguns max. That's it. No assault rifles. Maybe one shotgun for your house protection. And uh, a couple, you know, 22 shooting rifles. And that's it. These assault rifles, again, these are not for hunting animals. They're not for sport. They're, not for, they're for killing humans. That's what AR, assault rifle, means. Killing humans, okay? AK-47, killing humans. It's not for sport. It's not Second Amendment rights. It's not. And, and to talk to these lunatics, these gun people... It's a complete suspension of intellectual thought. It's like Trump supporters. It's a complete suspension of intellectual thought. You cannot have a rational conversation with them, so don't even try. Don't even try because you can't. That's it. It's in them. This 35% on Trump and these gun lunatics, you cannot have a rational conversation with these people. So my advice don't even try and don't upset yourself. And finally, give me your grade on Donald Trump and how he handled this post-shooting event in Florida. Whether it's an A, a B, a C, a D, an F. I, I, I give him below an F on everything he does because everything he does is <laughs> bullshit and a lie, and he's ignorant. And he, he's calling Jeff Sessions – the Attorney General of the United States of America, his pick 
for attorney general, the first senator to step up on the Trump campaign and support Trump, the guy that went through the mud with him, went through everything. He appointed him attorney. He's calling this guy. This guy has a family. He's got a wife. He's got children. He's got brothers, I think, and sisters and, and grandchildren, maybe. He's calling this guy Mr. Magoo. Okay? This is when for the last time as Donald Trump looked in a mirror to see what the fuck he looks like to be at criticizing other people's looks. I mean, it's beyond it's beyond the sense of anything with this hair comb over and the orange orangutan skin and everything. I, I, I don't <laughs> understand this Jeff said I'm not a Jeff Sessions fan. In fact, I hate him. I don't like him at all. Okay. But it's wrong. It's wrong. This is a man. He doesn't deserve to be treated this way or talk like that by a juvenile delinquent who's president of the United States. When we were in elementary school, this is what we called people. That's what he does, Trump. He's in elementary school, and this is the president of the United States. It's 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 worse than the, remember, the Twilight Zone or Chiller Theater with the hand coming up. This is what it is. This is where we're living right now in the Twilight Zone. <laughs> Wow, wonderful to see uh, Trump in 2020. What do you think about that? No, no, think no, he'll no, be, no. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna be arrested before that. They this Mueller is, This Mueller is a he is a high powered surgeon. Okay, they already have the answers to all the questions they're asking people. They know Trump had knowledge of the email hack. They know Trump had knowledge that the Russians had Podesta's email. They know all of this. Mueller has this already. He's asking these people. To shake everyone up because it's coming. I fully believe it's coming. I think he's going to try to have uh, Trump arrested. That's what I think. I think they're going to issue arrest warrants for him. He's going to take the shot and see if he has the power to do it. I don't think he does under the statute that he's um, that's promulgated for him. But. I think he's still going to try to do it, and I think they have it. I think they have it. And stop with the collusion. It's called conspiracy, and they have Trump on conspiracy. They have his kid on conspiracy. Um, they have Jared on conspiracy. They have it all. Forget they got the obstruction. That's the easiest one with all this. But they have conspiracy to, conspiracy to violate the American democratic process, conspiracy to hack and steal emails and see them and get them for a benefit. They got it. They got him. I'm telling you, they got him. This Mueller is too good, and the team he's assembled is too, too good. And for the deniers out there, oh, we haven't seen any collusion yet. Just wait. This is not over. Just wait. Sit back, get some popcorn, and watch the show here. It's going to be a bloodbath. It's really going to be a bloodbath. Absolutely. Okay, let's go over this next fascinating case. It's a kayaking death uh, with the uh, lady leaving prison. Here's the sound. But first, she pulled the plug on her fiancé's kayak and then watched him drown in the Hudson River. Tonight, 32 months later, Angelica Graswald walks out of prison. Good evening, everyone, at 6 o'clock. I'm Bill Ritter. And I'm Liz Chone. Angelica Groswald is out of prison tonight after serving just over two and a half years behind bars. She's free as part of a plea deal in the drowning death of her fiancé, Vincent Viafore. But his family says they did not get justice. I would news reporter Marcus Phil. This is live in Bedford Hills tonight with our lead story. Marcus. 
Well, Liz and Bill, prosecutors admit that it was no slam dunk on a more serious murder or manslaughter charge, and hence that plea deal. That means Angelica Glaswald was able to walk out just a few months after pleading guilty. Most of her sentence credited to time served. She's grateful for this day. Uh, she's excited to be able to reconnect with her family. Angelica Graswald has reason to be grateful. She's free before Christmas and after spending just two weeks in a maximum security prison. Graswald has been in custody for nearly three years in the Orange County Jail, while the criminal case that made headlines nationwide played out. In April 2015, Graswald's fiancé, Vincent Viafor, drowned when his kayak overturned in the Hudson River. Graswald was charged with murder after making incriminating statements to state police investigators. Prosecutors claimed Graswald pulled the drain plug out of the kayak and said she wanted Viafor dead as a way out of the relationship. But defense lawyers plan to show that simply removing the plug would not make the kayak sink and that Viafor had been drinking and wasn't wearing a life vest despite rough currents. And they plan to challenge the hours-long interrogation by police. In the end, the district attorney offered a plea deal to the lesser charge of criminally negligent homicide. At Graswald's formal sentencing last month, Viafor's family expressed disappointment. I don't ever want to see her again if I don't have to. We believe in the American justice system. And we do not believe in the sentencing of it all, but it is over now, and uh, we just we need to go on. Today, Graswald let her lawyer do the talking before heading to eat a steak lunch and FaceTiming relatives. To be sure, reconnecting is going to be difficult, and reconstructing her life is going to be difficult. Her her day to day, her reality is much different today than it was 32 months ago when she went into jail. Well, Vincent Viafor's family has said they would like to see uh, Graswald deported. The conviction jeopardizes her immigration status, and she could face possible deportation to her native Latvia. Okay, Richard, do you think this plea agreement was just? And if so, why? And if so, why not? Well, I, you know, you got to. If you're a criminal defense attorney, you have to clap your hands because this guy did a hell of a job. I mean, he yeah. did a hell of a job. And uh, the DA must have felt that he had a major problem with the case. So the guy was drinking, and he didn't have a uh, a life vest on. So those are problems because right. um, we're looking at cause of death right now. And, you know, if they had an engineer to come in to say pulling the plug wouldn't have been sufficient to to, to, uh, to sink the kayak, you know, there's there's issues. You know, it's beyond a reasonable doubt. Those could be reasonable doubts. So rather than get clocked on this one, the district attorney makes a deal. And uh, from, you know, from a felony, I mean, she was charged with a felony here, uh, murder. And uh, now they bring it to, she was charged with second-degree murder. Second-degree murder is 25 years plus in the state of New York. And what happens? Criminally negligent homicide. I mean, that's the plea deal. And she had to sit in prison because she couldn't make bail, so she was sitting in prison before the trial for three years. Now you have the trial, so she goes for a couple months in prison because they gave her credit for time served, and she's out. Interestingly, there's a $250,000 life insurance policy that that she stands to collect on um, because it was, you know, whether it was, there's going to be an issue on the criminally negligent aspect of that. And the family has filed a wrongful death case against her in, in the state court. 
And again, you know, the difference is in the burden of proof. In a criminal case, it's beyond a reasonable doubt. In a civil case, right. it's a preponderance of the evidence. It's just an ever-slight tilting in one direction. So, you know, like O.J. Simpson went to trial in a criminal case. He got acquitted, and then they went to the family's Goldman and, and the ex-wife sued him in Florida and got, you know, convictions on the wrongful death case. So, uh, again, big difference in burden of proof. Will they get her? It's a slam dunk in the wrongful death case because it's almost summary judgment, which means the issue was closed out because she, she, she admitted to criminally negligent homicide. So she admitted that she negligently causes death. So that's going to give her um, a judgment in the civil case. And the question is how much? And unfortunately, the answer to that is she doesn't have anything. She doesn't have any money and no assets. And so what's going to happen is there probably is a good chance that she gets deported um, when the smoke clears on her probation. They probably will deport her. So just, you know, horrible mm. situation. You know, you don't want to fight with your spouses or anything. Just try to keep the peace and definitely do not go out on a kayak on the Hudson River. The, you know, I mean, yeah. that river is very rough. Those are tough currents out there. It's gray. The water's not blue. It's gray. It's cold. And there are really tough undercurrents and, and pulls out there. And you don't want to take a little stupid kayak out on that thing. I mean, come on. It's really very dangerous. And, uh, you know, but I, I think she planned it. I mean, I think she planned it. Absolutely. And just terrible. Another tragedy. I'm going to need a drink after the show yeah. tonight, Jordan. You're killing me with these cases, man. <laughs> Oh, they're crazy. Speaking of which, uh, let's take a listen to the uh, owner of the Mavericks. Uh, he's in this situation, Mark Cuban. They're now just a bad NBA franchise. They're not very buttoned up in the front office. And they're, you know, the Rangers have been more and more successful. So the Rangers are the second biggest story in town. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys are the first biggest story. And the Mavericks are now third. And, you know, Cuban's doing a million things, not with the Mavericks and he's not paying attention and his front office is blown up and his team and his roster is blown up. And that's, you know, that's kind of my theory on what it is. He's just not paying attention. You know, I don't, you know, he, he, first of all, one of the really bad guys in this was like the CEO of the Mavericks. Now, you know, Cuban can make the argument that, well, our, our offices weren't that close. They were right across the hall. I, yeah, I didn't meet with him regularly. It's like, Mark, if you're not meeting with him regularly as an owner, if you're not meeting six times a year, if Dan Gilbert, you don't think he's meeting with the Cavs GM a half dozen times minimum? You don't think in Cleveland, Snyder and that GM don't go to dinner every couple weeks? I mean, 20 times a year? Who, do you, who does Dan Gilbert go to dinner with in Cleveland outside of his family? He, you know, LeBron doesn't hang with him. Players don't hang with him. It's his general manager. His, maybe his, you know maybe the biggest sponsor Mercedes of Cleveland or so I, I don't buy that Mark Cuban you know didn't know what was going on I don't have I just don't you know that's a that's like the Rick Pitino argument I had no idea there's a brothel on my campus well it's kind of your it's kind of your job that's kind of your job am I supposed to believe in Louisville that a forty thousand dollar a year assistant or less without telling Pitino would create a strip club on campus. Really? You think, uh, like, like, now think about that. 
If you walked into an organization with a very successful, rich, strong-willed CEO, would you take it upon yourself to create an illegal business within the business? If you cared at all about your future, if you wanted to be a college basketball coach for the next 40 years, you would never think of that. So Patino wants me to believe that a lightly, marginally paid assistant would on his own go rogue just down the hall from Rick. Now, I'm not saying Rick knew everything, but Rick clearly used the old whatever-it-takes mantra to get recruits. That's the gospel. Yeah, or, or yeah, you know, it, it's, that, it's that kind of uh, understood ignorance. I have no idea. You know, it's the same with Mark Cuban. Uh, Mark Cuban sets the culture that, you know, a CEO isn't responsible for the day-to-day decisions. I mean, I create a radio show every day. My bosses aren't in the room. My bosses are not responsible for my daily content, but they would be responsible for the morale of the company. I mean, that's why John Skipper got whacked over at ESPN. I mean, one of the reasons was morale had gone into the tank. People were leaving in mass. That's a responsibility of a big shot, of a CEO. What's the morale of the company? Because a CEO can't be in our meetings every morning. He's global. He's traveling. He's negotiating deals with pro leagues. So I, 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 Mark Cuban set a tone, and if you're re-signing a reporter who had been busted twice for domestic violence, like that, that's on Cuban. you just got to be smarter than that. Thanks for watching. Subscribe. Okay, Richard, what's your takeaway from Mark Cuban? Do you believe uh, is situation? You know, I, I watch I, – I, I don't know him, so I'm speculating. So at the outset, I'm speculating. I don't know this guy personally. I, I watch him. I listen to him speak. I, I watch him on Shark Tank, you know, and, uh, yes. and, and I've watched his progress. I've seen him, you know, build his empire. And uh, it seems to me that one of his most cherished items in life – is that basketball team. I mean, I think he really, right. really loves that basketball team. And this is the kind of guy that doesn't sit up in the press box, you know. He sits on the court. He's yelling at the refs. He's cheering on his players. He's right down there with them. So for Mark Cuban to say that he didn't know what was going on in his office and and, you know, the claims are sexual harassment and culture of misogyny, that he had no idea this was going on. I, I kind of – look, I, I think on the one hand, if he knew it was going on, he'd stop it because there are no allegations that he participated in that. So I kind of believe on the one hand, if he knew it was going on, he wouldn't tolerate I, I I'd like to believe he wouldn't tolerate it. On the other hand, he had to have known it was going on. And maybe he just, you know, patted his guys on the back and said, you know, just go at it. You know, I I don't know. I mean, but either way, he's tainted by this right now because, you know, people have had enough. (laughs) I mean, this this Me Too movement, everything that's going on, the people have had enough. The buck has stopped, and people are not going to tolerate this type of abuse. Now, in some instances, I think people have gone overboard, but, you know, that's the pros and cons of a movement like this. But 
guys have been getting away with too much shit for a long, long time, and women have said no, enough, and they're right, and it's got to stop. And um, I think it is stopping. I hope it's stopping. Um, but for Mark Cuban not to have known what was going on, I think that's a hard sell. I think he had to have known. And, you know, I'll take you a step further. You know, let's go to football. Let's go to college football. You were talking about Patino and basketball. Well, let's go to Penn State. Mm-hmm. And let's go to the great Joe Paterno, you know, one of the greatest right. winningest football coaches in the history of college football. How did he not know what was going on under his nose point. with his defensive coordinator? How did he not know what Sandusky was doing? He had to have known. I argue that till I, my last breath that he had to have known what was going on. And I guess these guys, they just, they don't, they don't have enough courage to stop it. I guess, or they, they feel they're too weak to stop it. I don't know. I don't know why. But uh, look, Cuban and the Michigan State situation with that doctor in Michigan uh, State, right? This, this guy with these, poor, these, these, these athletes, these female athletes. If that was my daughter, I would take a baseball bat to this guy's head. You know, and that would be for starters. So I don't, right. you know. They look the other way in this when this goes on, and and it's the people are not going to tolerate it anymore. It's over. Those days, the Harvey Weinstein days are over. No one's going to tolerate this anymore. And uh, and I just Cuban was he that reckless not to have known what was going on? He's not a reckless guy. I mean, he's a pretty sharp guy, Mark Cuban. And so I don't I don't believe he's a reckless guy. And so therefore. I gotta believe that you know he had some knowledge of what was going on, and I'm really quite surprised that he didn't stop it. And uh, and and he's going to have a black mark for this because it's not going to go away, and he's going to be tainted by this scandal because the buck stops with him. I mean, he's the boss, he's the owner, and and the buck stops with him. And this conduct happened under his watch, and uh, just when like when they won a, when they won the championship. You know, he got all the accolades, and now they're having problems, and he's going to have to wear that too. So, um, sorry to hear it. I'm surprised to hear it, but uh, regardless, he, you know, he's going to be tainted for this one. No question. Okay, finally, Monica Lewinsky speaks out. Here's the clip. In a lengthy, almost academic piece, Monica Lewinsky reinterprets all she's been through, saying you cannot run away from who you are or from how you've been shaped by your experiences. She says she now associates her affair with President Clinton with the gross abuses of power making headlines today. This morning, the most famous White House intern ever is saying, Me Too. Monica Lewinsky opening up and getting personal in an essay she wrote for Vanity Fair. Lewinsky, who admitted to an affair with then-President Bill Clinton in 1998, saying she suffers from PTSD, writing, For two decades, I've been working on myself, my trauma, and my healing. She now says because of the Me Too and Time's Up movements, she no longer feels alone. Lewinsky, hopeful some in the country will now view what happened to her through a different lens, acknowledging some people feel my White House experiences don't have a place in this movement, as what transpired between Bill Clinton and myself was not sexual assault, although we now recognize that it constituted a gross abuse of power. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Ms. Lewinsky. Lewinsky was just 24 years old when she became a household name for the sexual relationship with Clinton that helped lead to his impeachment and eventual acquittal in the U.S. Senate. I was patient zero 
of losing a personal reputation on a global scale almost instantaneously. News sources plastered photos of me all over to sell newspapers, banner ads online, and to keep people tuned to the TV. In a previous essay for Vanity Fair, Lewinsky wrote, Sure, my boss took advantage of me, but I will always remain firm on this point. It was a consensual relationship. Any abuse came in the aftermath when I was made a scapegoat in order to protect his powerful position. She now writes, I now see how problematic it was that the two of us even got to a place where there was a question of consent. Continuing, instead, the road that led there was littered with inappropriate abuse of authority, station, and privilege. Adding, he was my boss. He was the most powerful man on the planet. He was 27 years my senior, with enough life experience to know better. He was, at the time, at the pinnacle of his career, while I was in my first job out of college. Note to the trolls, both Democratic and Republican, none of the above excuses me for my responsibility for what happened. I meet regret every day. Now at 44, Lewinsky saying she's grateful to all those speaking up about sexual assault and harassment. Lewinsky ending her piece with the words, they tried to bury us, they didn't know we were seeds. Spring has finally sprung. Lewinsky also addresses the financial strain that hits many women affected by the Me Too movement, women who come forward. She says it's often just the privileged who can afford legal and therapy costs that come with speaking out, and she hopes that that in time will change. Guys, good point. Mm -hmm. Thank okay. you, Kate. Hello today, fans. Thanks. Okay, Richard, what do you uh, make of Monica Lewinsky coming out of the blue and uh, talking well, about all this? Let me just say, and I, and I know I'm going to leave people out, but please, I, you know, I love all you guys. You're so wonderful. Vicky, Madeline, Cheryl, Sarah, Mary, Pager, I mean, Lisa, Debbie, Sharon, you know, there's so many people that well, are part of the crew of uh, Jordan and and don't hold this against me ladies please don't hold it against me okay <laughs> um I, this woman was 24 years old 24 and she was working in the white house and this was the president of the united states who was married and she had a consensual underline capitals block print relationship with him because she thought he was hot and she liked the power and she was mesmerized 24 years old okay and so she played around with him and people lost their mind they lost their mind can you imagine but and by the way what i was what i'm told is that if you knew clinton back then bill clinton that if you were a woman and you knew him, you would just want to hug him. And if you were a man, you would want to go up and hug him too because he just had that type of personality, and uh, that's how he was. That's what I heard. But can you imagine if it came out that when Michelle Obama was home with her second baby, uh, and the baby was two or three months old, and that um, – right president was out banging a porn star and a playmate can you imagine what the republicans would have done 
Can you imagine? Oh, look what they did with Clinton. Can you imagine what they would have done if, on Obama if this? It's so the hypocrisy. That is the word of the Trump administration. Hypocrisy, because it's just pathetic. Okay, this woman, she can meet to herself for whatever. She can get all kinds of therapy, whatever she needs. This was a consensual. This was not, you know, Trump coming off a bus thinking about how he can grab women's genitals at will and bang them around and do what he wants with them, you know, and, and all those other 18, 19 women who claimed he sexually assaulted them. This is not like that. This was not sexual assault. Bill Clinton has never sexually assaulted anyone. All of the women that were with him, it, they were consensual relationships. Was he cheating on his wife? Yes. Was it wrong? Absolutely. It was. It, it, did it go to his integrity? Yes, it was wrong. It's a character flaw. It's bad. He shouldn't have done it, and he shouldn't have done it, but he did it, okay? And President Kennedy was banging Marilyn Monroe, and so was his brother. And people do things, okay? And it's one thing if it's a consensual relationship, and it's another thing if it's a sexual assault, okay? Trump is alleged to sexually assaulted women. No one claims Clinton did that. So if this Monica wants to get into the Me Too movement, I think they should tell her, no, you can't come in, Monica, because you knew what you were doing. You had your eyes wide open. You took a job at the White House. You knew the White House. You knew who was running the White House, the president. You knew who the president was. You knew he was married, and you didn't care. You didn't care that he was married and had a kid. You didn't care. You still went for it. So, you know, you got to bear the burden for that. And uh, I think that precludes her from me, too. But I'm sorry, ladies. I know that may, I may have upset some of you, and I'm sorry. But what I find in cases is that women are tougher on women than men, actually. So maybe you're not all against me now. But I don't know. I just, you know, it's so – it's the hypocrisy. I can't, I can't with Bill Clinton. So you fool around with her, and it's the end of the world. Look at Trump. Look at this, this guy. I mean, Mike, he supported the lunatic in Alabama. Roy Moore, yeah. Trump supported the guys. Pedophile with these yes. poor women coming forward. He, you know, he attacked Unreal. them. He was going to high school football games as a man, a grown man. They had to ban him from the mall. And this is the guy Trump supports. Okay, come on, come on, please. The hypocrisy, I can't take it. And these women who step forward on Trump, you know, what happened to Trump? Nothing. Nothing at all. No investigation. No nothing. He's, it, it's not true. They interviewed his daughter. You shouldn't be able to ask me that question as the president's daughter because I believe my daddy. Okay? You could believe your daddy all you want. <laughs> you never these, on are that 18, these are not one or two or three or four. These are 18 women that says your daddy sexually assaulted them, and he admitted that's what he does. We have that tape. So, I mean, I go to trial. I go to trial right now. And I convict them. So I don't know. You know, <laughs> you can step out on Fifth so Avenue got, and I can uh, shoot someone, and people would still vote for me. And that's that's true, and that's sickening, and that's vomit. And uh, we'll see what happens in the fall <laughs> in these elections. But uh, the Democrats seem so to we be got a doing pretty good. Couple calls for you. Sure. Can you uh, take a couple calls? 
Okay, Absolutely. let's say hello to our friend Mary. Mary is going to say hello. Let's bring her into the conversation. Good evening, Mary. Welcome to the King Hi. Jordan Radio Show. You're live with Richard Herbert. Hi, Jordan. And hi, Richard. Hey, Mary. Hi, Mary. <laughs> hi. Um, boy, there's so much I want to say, but there's not enough time. Uh, as far as the Clinton thing, I was consensual, but you need to do it in the Oval Office. How ethical. And I mean, come on. Unethical. You're office, so right. That, unethical. That You're right. so wrong on so many levels, but that's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, I agree with you. We need to ban these all these weapons. I think that when the Second Amendment was written, they never imagined that they would be automatic and semi-automatic. Mary, Mary they were shooting muskets yeah. back then. They were round exactly. balls. Muskets. They had to be loaded each exactly. time. Come on. Right. And I think it's ridiculous to arm teachers as well. And I also think that, well, the NRA has such control, power and control, it's amazing that they're almost like a fascist movement themselves. They control so much. (laughs) Um, And and um, and some people hang on and want these assault rifles because they have this rebel mentality from like the 1700s that – that they need to have these weapons because they're they're going to need them one day in case right. they are attacked. Well, they uh, should get some they but, should get some therapy and work it out, you know. <laughs> anyway, aloha to you guys. Love you guys. And um, Mary, thank you a, so much. You do those great you do those great pictures for me. Thank you so much. You're so wonderful and You're so talented. Welcome. And a mahalo to you and thank you so much. Mahalo. Bye. Thank you, Mary. Okay, let's check in with uh, Sarah, I believe, from Huntington Beach, California. You're live with Richard Herman on a Thursday night. Good evening, Sarah. How are you? Hi, Jordan. Hi, Richard. Hey, Sarah. Um, How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Very good show tonight. No, I am not upset with you, you at all regarding Monica. Um, I I don't think she <laughs> meets the level of the Me Too movement. Um, I agree. <laughs> I don't think she meets it. However, I also agree with Mary. Very unethical. Um, I just want to say that um, you were talking about the hypocrisy going on now. Um, I think, in my opinion, there is hypocrisy on both sides of the aisle. There always has, and there always will be. And I... I actually um, don't like watching the news these these days, um, it, it, whether it's CNN or Fox or your local channels, um, because there is such a great divide. How can anyone in the United States watch the news and get a clear picture of truly what is happening in this world? It, it's just so slanted, um, and I'm very unhappy about it. Uh, and I'm greatly um, saddened and unhappy about this divide that we have. I, I just hope that whether or not we like it, um, whoever's in the White House, um, there has to at least be baby steps so that these people can agree on on, on the big issues. And, yes, of course, assault here, rifles here's, here's, are the big issues. Okay, here's one solution. Four-year maximum term Senate, Congress. Four years, 
and you're out. I, you I like that. I've always liked. Yes, you don't I have to agree worry about kissing limits. anyone's butt. Four years, absolutely. And you're done. Do the best you and can the, for the country, for the country, not the your party, level, for the country. And on the state level, governors as well, because the governor absolutely. in California, I, I just want to strangle him. I, okay. I, his head is so far up his ass, I can't even tell oh, you. Take it easy. Um, That's now, come on. <laughs> well, um, Angelica Griswold. Okay, she needs to be deported. But she well, needs she to be, be deported. She yeah, will be. She, Okay, but I hope, I very, very much hope, I know there's a technicality regarding this life insurance policy. I just hope the family can get the 250000 in the wrongful death suit and let the insurance company settle that business. Because if, I think she did have something up her sleeve. I don't know if the stars were aligned and her plan came into action so perfectly that it would almost look like an accident, but I believe that she is guilty of more than just what she pled to. And I don't like her, and I want her not to get one cent, and I want her out of the country. Okay. Um, and then what else was I going to talk about? Let me see here. I, You know, I really don't know anything about the, the Mark Cuban thing, um, but here we go again. Another, like, who's the pervert of the week? Uh, it, it is it is amazing now. It's just amazing, and I'm all for the Me Too movement. I truly, truly am. I do think that there are some women that, like Monica, do not qualify for the Me Too, and they bug me because they really mess up the Me Too movement when they when they start saying stuff. Um, anyway, I I appreciate this opportunity to speak with you and Jordan, and a great show once again, Jordan. Happy to be back. I've missed a few of them. And Richard, um, I always enjoy your opinions and listening you. to you. So both Thank of you, you take care. Thank you for listening to Jordan. Thank He's you. He's great. Thank you. Absolutely. That's okay, you take. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye bye, Sarah. Thank you so much for uh, checking in. And uh, Richard, great job covering every. Uh, uh, story from A to Z. Love it, George. And uh, do it sooner. Let's hope. We waited too long to do this. Yeah, one. let's do hope it again soon. Okay. Absolutely. Have a good night. Love and, you, my uh, brother. You take good. care of yourself. Okay. Okay. Thanks for coming on, bro. Anytime. Anytime you need me, get a hold of me. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, Richard. for listening. Thank. You. No question. And that was the great Richard Herman, defense attorney. Catch him on the uh, afternoons on uh, CNN about between the hours of one uh, thirty and 2, sometime on CNN. Um, all right, so uh, I wanted to play uh, uh, a song, obviously, TVT, that coincides with uh, the shooting. But first, before we play that, uh, Richard did cover all uh, the shout-outs, so uh, he did uh, mention everybody, so we got that in. Uh, so, But first, I want to play um, uh, audio of, uh, audio of uh, the late-night host guy, what's his name, Jimmy Kimmel, talking about the Florida event, and then we'll bring a song to end the show and then call it a night. First, take a listen to, to, to these words of Jimmy Kimmel, very heartbreaking and very true. As I'm sure you know and feel, this is another very sad day in America, another senseless shooting, this time at a high school in uh, Parkland, Florida, where a gunman, a former student, opened fire yesterday again, 
17 lives have been lost, more than a dozen people are hospitalized, and our president, as he should, weighed in on the tragic events this morning from the White House. We are all joined together as one American family, and your suffering is our burden also. No child, no teacher should ever be in danger in an American school. Agreed. No parent should ever have to fear for their sons and daughters when they kiss them goodbye in the morning. Agreed. So I agree with both of those statements. And here's what you do to fix that. Tell your buddies in Congress, tell Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell and Marco Rubio, all the family men who care so much about their communities, that what we need are laws, real laws, that do everything possible to keep assault rifles out of the hands of people who are going to shoot our kids. Go on TV and tell them to do that. That's... That is a perfect example of the common sense you told us you were going to bring to the White House. It's time to bring it. We need it. Tell these congressmen and lobbyists who infest that swamp you said you were going to drain. Force these allegedly Christian men and women who stuff their pockets with money from the NRA year after year after year to do something now, not later, now. And don't you dare let anyone say it's too soon to be talking about it because you said it after Vegas, you said it after Sandy Hook, you say that after every one of these eight now fatal school shootings we had in this country this year. Children are being murdered. And we still haven't even talked about it. You still haven't done anything about nothing. You've literally done nothing. Actually, you've done worse than nothing. You like to say this is a mental health issue, but one of your very first acts as president, Mr. Trump, was to actually roll back the regulations that were designed to keep firearms out of the hands of the mentally ill. You did that. Your party voted to repeal the mandates on coverage for mental health. So I agree this is a mental illness issue because... If you don't think we need to do something about it, you're obviously mentally ill. And it is amazing to me that if one illegal immigrant causes a car accident, we've got to build a wall to keep the rest of them out. Why are you looking for solutions to that problem and not this one? Every reasonable American, Republican or Democrat, knows that something has to be done, something. And we're not doing anything. But go ahead, I'll let you finish. To every parent, teacher, and child who is hurting so badly, we are here for you, whatever you need, whatever we can do to ease your pain. Great. Okay, what we need and what you can do to ease our pain and to prevent future pain is something. Eight out of ten Americans agree that a teenager shouldn't have an AR-15. So why does a teenager legally have an AR-15. Somewhere along the line, these guys forgot they work for us, not the NRA, us. And this time, we're not going to allow you to bow your head in prayer for two weeks until you get it all clear and we move on to the next thing. We're going to make sure you do something this time. And if you agree with me, and maybe you don't, but if you do, here's one way you can help. Go to everytown.org. All the information you need is there. And you can write to your representatives and call them. And if they don't listen, vote them out of office. Whatever you do, do something. Because I, for one, am very, 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 very tired of this. It's entirely premature to be discussing about legislative solutions, if any.
It's just not the time to dive into the politics and try to score political points. I think anybody who would politicize this shooting should be ashamed of themselves. This is not the time to have the discussion, and it's, uh, it's frankly, I think, insulting to the American public right now to try to politicize something. The reaction of Democrats to any tragedy is to try to politicize it. I'm more than happy to talk about this in a few days. Right now is not the time. There's a time and place for a political debate, uh, but now is the time to unite as a country. This isn't a guns situation. I mean, we could go into it, but it's a little bit soon to go into it. Yeah, no, it isn't. We'll be right back. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, if any time it was time to heal the world, it isn't this time. I'll leave you with Michael Jackson's Heal the World. Talk to you soon. about um, the generations and to say we want to make it a better place for our children and our children's children so that they, 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 they know it's a better world for them and think they can make it a better place. There's a place in your heart and I know that it is love brighter than tomorrow And if you really try You'll find there's no need to cry In this place you feel there's no hurt or sorrow There are ways to get there If you care enough for the living Make a little space Make a better place Heal the world Thank you. 
Yeah.